beloved, you are now tuned in to Three Black Men, a podcast by three black men where we talk about theology, culture, and the world around us. The following content may not be suitable if you ain't real enough. Listener discretion is advised because real recognize real. Here's the hope when we look familiar. able to live with my grandmother um, she lived in the in the home with us and her life was spiritual formation but I can't talk about it without um, tearing up but um, my I'm a first-generation American my my parents grandparents great-grandparents emigrated from Jamaica my grandmother was a survivor of mm, limited education, um, being devalued. Uh, she was a rape survivor, a breast cancer survivor. Um, Welcome back, everybody, to Three Black Men. Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> yo. You done made it. <laughs> we made it. We crossed over. Uh, my name is Robert. I'm Trey. I'm Sam. Okay. This is Three Black Men. And Black it, History Month coming at you. <laughs> this is a, a Black History Month extravaganza. And we are joined by a special guest, Sharifa. Special. Yeah. Sharifa. Yeah. Um, aka Sharifa writes, um, and uh, we're excited, um, because we wanted to have uh, uh, our first guest intentionally be a black woman. And when we're thinking about okay, who should it be? Sharifa's name literally was unanimous, like that thing yeah. literally took less than 30 seconds to uh, come wow. down. Yeah, yeah. So Sharifa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I love that I get to be the first black woman on three black men. <laughs> exactly. yeah. For sure. You were the first person who's not one of the three black men to be on this. Like you also exactly. history. It's, it's like, not even like breaking that glass. So like this is history. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So um say a bit about yourself, uh, where you're from, what you do. Yeah. Welcome. Okay. Well, I'm from the Bronx originally, and I live in Dallas now. Um, I am a lover of Jesus. Mm. I am a writer right now. This is how I best communicate right now. Um, but I also love singing and sleeping and- Oh, sleeping um, my jam, yo. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's so dope. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> so I wanna learn, I wanna learn the art of naps because I, I haven't perfected that. My naps are usually like four hours long. So- I'm blame it on the kids, yeah. Yeah. Truly, kids so I don't know if the audience can see my gray hairs, but <laughs> anyway. So speaking of kids, so I have two boys, and they are rambunctious uh, and intelligent theologians, as is my husband, and um, and I really like salmon. Hallelujah! <laughs> the color or the fish? 
the fish. That was a good question, Dre. Dang. The fish. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if I agree with the answer, but hey, do you do you, girl? Go ahead. Listen. listen let's go. You do so, not need me to validate what you like, boo. Do you? No. No. I'm just, I'm I just feel sorry for you. You have to met the right salmon. I know. So, so I'll I'll say this before we get into the conversation. Um, you know, we I think we all interacted with Sharifa first on Twitter and I, I'll say that I was really impacted with uh, the way that you carry yourself mm. online and the way that you hold space for people. You really honor what people are talking about oh. yeah. and you don't try to crowd the conversation, but you really affirm what people are saying in a, a really cool and dope way. And so that, that was my first like impression of you. And you. I'm like that's rare online so that was my first <laughs> impression like oh okay no she actually does love jesus and people, uh, what do you get what do you what did you guys observe about sharifa before we get started oh man i wasn't ready for this yeah uh -huh. hey this is gonna sound it's gonna sound off but so does half the stuff i say on this podcast or whatever but the same thing <laughs> i noticed like when we first hopped on this call or whatever like your your hair was such a statement to me like it's, it's, it's in the heavy just just big as it want to be and i was like oh my gosh like she's just smiling so big and her hair is big and you just looked like you were comfortable and radiant god made you mm -hmm. be seriously and like yeah and 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 just even in that like um we we you talked about it before we started recording but your your interactions and mm -hmm. and things and i guess rob just talked about it just now um i don't know it, it was just really affirming like it started like it was a cool little vibe and I appreciated that. So again, and then uh, what What I guess, I don't even know if Robin Sam noticed, but uh, independently, uh, my pastor went to seminary with you and we sat on a, on a call uh, with regard to some of my church business and the teaching over there. So I know I, I definitely have a very uh, high respect, of, but I hold you in very um, high regard because of what I know about you and, and how I've seen you move through these uh not streets, these tweets. There we go. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. What about nice you? Nice turn of phrase. Yeah. So once again, I'm forced to go last. And uh <laughs> I ain't getting like I'm supposed to compete with that. Uh <laughs> no, uh seriously. Um I, I mentioned it before we started recording, but uh you know, you, you seemed like someone who um you're not really gonna talk a whole lot. But when you get that conversation, like when you get in that conversation and you, you get in that vein, you got some bombs to drop. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I, I was joking earlier because I'm like, yo, I don't see it on your, your timeline. I see it in, in interactions with other people. And it's so beautiful because, um, like, I mean, you can you can hear I think your words are really colorful and you can hear and see that there was pain, but also healing in them um and and there was a lot i could connect with personally um so so that really stuck out so i, I for that i was anxious to to hear you speak because i'm like you writing like this like we look we need to we need to dialogue thank you so. yeah. hallelujah okay yeah. well that that creates perfect bridge so today on the pod uh for black history month we wanted to talk about the role 
uh, of Black women in theology and in the church, and not just the Black church, but want to kind of imagine what can Black women add to the theological space, to the church space, to um, imagining for a better uh, future for us as believers and outside of believers. So we want to have a dialogue around uh, the gift that Black women are. And so, so here we are. So, um, so first, uh, as we enter into that conversation, um, Sharifa, give us anything about your um, her, uh, kind of either upbringing or um, theological formation that you think would be relevant to this conversation. Uh, either toxic (laughs) stuff that you've encountered um, uh, going to this conversation or or things that yeah things that you think would be helpful well I will start with uh, the beauty so Mm. the beauty of of my life is that um, I was born Um, and able to live with my grandmother. Um, She lived in the the home with us. And her life was spiritual formation. But I can't talk about it without um, tearing up. But um, my, I'm a first generation American. My my parents, grandparents, great-grandparents emigrated from Jamaica. My grandmother was a survivor of mm, limited education, Mm -hmm. um, being devalued. Uh, She was a rape survivor, a breast cancer survivor, um, and a deeply devoted follower of Christ. And she had a rhythm of spiritual um, disciplines that I got to be privy to just by virtue of living in the same space as her. When she died, um, one thing I wanted was her hymnal because she would kneel by the bed and she would have her well-worn Bible and her tattered hymnal. And at the beginning and end of every day, that's where she would be on her knees, which um, I'm starting now to feel just the the physical dedication that it takes to get on your knees Mm. um, at a certain age. Um, So her body was a part of that prostration and she would sing and she was a horrible singer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. I was so floating along with the beauty Yo. of this story. I, oh, oh, yeah. Man. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's still beautiful. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's, it's yeah. still beautiful. Anyway, unto the Lord. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Amen. She, she wore a hearing aid. So she was cool, but um Oh man, I feel bad for laughing at. No, no, no. <laughs> she she set us up for that. I don't feel bad at all. Oh, but, okay. and it's my grandma. <laughs> but I will never forget the sound of her voice. Um the tone of her voice as she sang um because her songs were true um it wasn't like a, an empty ritual for her to sing songs about it being well with her soul you know so mm-hmm. um after all of that that she's been through like all of it wow. so her life and her body um and her voice were um spiritually formative for me her prayers were spiritually formative for me and her absence her death was spiritually formative for me Mm. um just the trauma of her leaving and really just the trauma that death is um yeah well it was formative it was it was absolutely formative and i think that um that and my general upbringing as the daughter of immigrants who stressed education and um, made sure I, I was in rooms and institutions where education was elite. Um, those things formed me as well because those were very privileged places and lonely places. Mm. And so I fully expected that seminary would be a homecoming um, because these were the institutions that I had previously attended uh, were fantastic academically. <laughs> um, um, just for the record this is our podcast so you can say it (laughs) well you know it's the both and so i realized (laughs) i just realized how blessed i was yeah yeah and also how how um violent the constant microaggressions were Mm. you know where nothing isn't i mean my me wearing my hair out (laughs) you know like just the the ritual the the ritual of isolation when you're a black girl in a predominantly white institution what what does prom look like in high school what is it look what is dating when you're unattractive um in the eyes of dominant culture what is you know, what is it to be valued? Um, and then what is it to be valued in a Christian subculture that really treats women as perpetually suspicious and mm-hmm. um, stepping stones to um, adultery or seduction, um, no matter what color you are, you know, um, so like, and, and my college, I had the 
wonderful opportunity to take African-American studies because, man, I didn't get none of that education in high school. None. Yeah. None. Yeah. Slavery and Martin Luther King. So Same. And only in February. Really? Yeah. Literally only in February. Only. Only. <laughs> only. The, edu- the education I got for my Blackness out- was outside of school. Mm-hmm. It was... And, and I'll, you know, I'm in my forties. So it was, it was the Cosby show and special guests there. And it was, um, apartheid and, and protesting Pepsi. And it was, um, Rodney King. It was, Mm. it was those things. And, and in, in New York, it was, it was, uh, police shootings. It was, Howard Beach. Um, it was there were all sorts of protests that I went to, but they were extracurricular, you know, um, yeah. because because our our experiences in this country are electives. They are not necessary, wow. according to you know wow. education, wow. right? Yeah. So college was great in terms of in terms of that introduction to the yeah. diaspora. Right. Yes. And um, that diaspora included spirituality, um, but it was taught with a forensic lens. It wasn't yeah. a familiar lens, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, that makes sense. So so we did we did a lot of, you know, we, we studied Augustine and uh, Christine de Paisan. We did Howard Thurman. And, um, that was more than I got in seminary. I will say that. Oh, <laughs> I'm ready to dissect some of this. You you dropping a lot of juice. Yeah, right? I'm about to grab a notebook. Yeah, yeah I'm like, you dropping a lot of juice. Okay, okay. <laughs> this, is, this is a little rich. I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Okay. I'm, 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 I'm going to stay awake with that one right there. You said our experiences are electives. They're not part of the curriculum. Bro, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <sighs> Schools but are telling us. Right? So yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And and one of the things that that I admire about you and, and that I eventually learned because you mentioned seminary a couple of times here, um, and you had the the fortitude and the courage and the constitution to do what I could not, which is to finish your uh, theological education at a white evangelical seminary. Is that right? fortitude? I don't think so. Okay. Why why would you say it's not? Um, well, I think that everybody is on a on a different journey. Like I I have been a completist since I was, I don't know, three years old. And I was like, I'm gonna learn how to read, right? So I've just I've been a I, I just because I completed it doesn't mean that was like stronger or better. Mm. Um I think it was harmful in a lot of ways. Um, I think I also think that I had such a beautiful foundation in college, as far as history and as far as even primary sources for uh, Christianity, um, that I was afforded an opportunity to know more than I was taught. Mm. Um, in terms of how wide and deep our heritage is um, yeah. as Christians, that it helped me to be like, man, listen, 
I'll never forget, I was in the classroom and somebody was talking to me about the four-fifths compromise. And I was like, it wasn't four-fifths. Okay, all right. I want to <laughs> correct nobody. Okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly yeah. I, I was I doing like, the math in my head like, wait, was it? I'm like, oh, it's never. giving more, more, more humanity to us than we were actually giving, right? Yeah. So, but, but, but I was just like, listeners, narrator, it was not four fifths for those. It was who not might four fifths. It was and, and, way, if you're listening right now, and and if you white, hold on, let me let me help you real quick. Especially if you know if if you heard four fifths and you were like, that's not four fifths, it's three fifths. Like, congratulations on that history. But I also want to let you know and encourage you, not let you know. I want to encourage you and challenge you to stop trying to educate black people on the three fifths <laughs> compromise. Because I I'd have so many people tell me like, well, actually, that's not what it did. It was better than if they would have counted them as full people. And I'm like, okay, let's let's go ahead and and. The, the obvious alternative here is it's, it's better if we don't like own black people, but that's that's a diversion right there. I just want to challenge y'all, encourage you to stop. That just to makes way too much sense on the three-fifths right. compromise. Cause hey, could we also say um, in 2021 and beyond, stop trying to educate black people uh, and collect us for free because it's annoying. Because uh, y'all be jumping in our mentions and then you nine times out of 10, y'all end up embarrassing yourselves uh so you could just be just saving it for you and your family uh, you the go. facts and have a good life so anyways back to regular schedule programming <laughs> um, <laughs> y'all really be embarrassing yourselves actually anyway back to black women yeah like black women um <laughs> back to black women um <laughs> so we were talking about seminary is where where we were. Oh, where are we? Yeah, we were we were there. Uh, Trey, were you were you about to ask something? Well, no, I, I, I like I like um well, I was I was listening to what you said and one of the things you mentioned was that it was kind of harmful in some aspects and I know as I was preparing for the seminary journey like people had warned me like you need to be very careful and firm in what you believe and have something to hold on to because it can be a very discombobulating experience for some people mm. um and i'm wondering if that's kind of what you were referring to or if you're referring to like the other aspects that came from the type of seminary that you went to because they're not all the same yeah know? i wouldn't call i you know i guess f for me i i wasn't prepared to walk into an environment that was so um not self-aware i guess is mm. is what what it comes down to. So they weren't aware of the uniforms that they wore um, and, until I walked in with my, with my natural hair and uh, you know, turquoise head wrap in 115 degree weather and everybody else is wearing, you know, pearls and floor length floral skirts or whatever, right? And, um, they weren't aware yet. I shouldn't. Never mind. So they 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 were they were touting themselves as an elite institution, and in in so doing, compared themselves to a seminary that was like uh, an Ivy League school. Mm -hmm. um, but that I mean that shouldn't 
number one, that shouldn't matter. Um, why should your standard be based on proximity to uh, another institution? But if it were, it ain't, it ain't that. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm just like, y'all, Yeah. Okay. This right. Ivy League at best, y'all are Georgia Tech. All right, sorry. Oh. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I don't want to offend Georgia Tech. No, no, Georgia Tech is dope. It's just, you know what? Yeah, cut that out. Whatever. <laughs> I'll definitely cut it out. Cut that. Uh, <laughs> but I, I'm just like, mm, well, you know, and I happened, I happened to have been fresh from an Ivy League school. So I was just like. <laughs> um, no, like it's, it's something when the Ivy League school is better with financial aid packages, with understanding the student's life and 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 other and well-roundedness and it's something when um there is more effort for um diversity and inclusion in in ivy league school than there is at the at the seminary right where yeah you know, I, or, you know, just even in the curriculum, um, there was such a, a glaring absence of anyone who wasn't a white man, like anyone, wow. anyone. I remember Justo Gonzalez was mm. one of the books that we had to read. And I was like, yes, finally, <laughs> <laughs> finally. Um, so like, just the arrogant absence of the global witness yes. um, at my seminary was just um, appalling. But you know, I, thankfully for me, you know, I was formed in New York City. Yes. There's like no way I can I can ignore a, a global Christianity, a, a global influence in general. Um, just the the value of immigrants, the value of every tribe, nation, and tongue. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I really and each gender. Yeah, like, I mean, and, you know, like, yeah. Already in this conversation, you've touched on how your identity as a woman, how your identity as a, a black person, a black woman how your identity as a first generation American, the children of immigrants, how your identity as a New Yorker or somebody from that uh, melting pot of a metropolis have, have shaped and formed not only your seminary experience, but like your spiritual formation. Yeah. And I think it's important to note that there's a whole lot of things because sure, there's, there's certain parts where uh, that I share with you. Like we were both black. Um, I was born in New York and I, I grew up in Virginia for the most part. I came to Miami, like there's certain parts that I can, I, I can identify with, but so many things of like the fullness of the Christian witness of, of, mm -hmm. of the beloved community of God mm -hmm. that are basically in, in, in blind spots for me um, because of my social location. Yeah. That even in this, the, so far in this conversation you've brought to light, I think it really hits on um, why we wanted to bring you on and why we think that not just black women, because I, I don't want you to feel like you're speaking for all black women, but you have so much to offer I us. Because I'm, yeah. Yeah. 
black women are not a monolith. There's nothing standard about a black woman. Nope. All right. Say Except not yeah. touching our hair. Don't that, touch that hair. That yeah. part, that's universal. That, that is universal. That's Every universal. <laughs> that's saith. Um, that's scripture. <laughs> it's in there. It is in the text. No. So I want to ask, um, because you've given us a piece of your story and we'll probably come even back and weave this through throughout. Um, and I kind of want to open this up to all of us uh, at the table is um, now thinking about black women. Um, what do you think that black women add to the church? You know, because Sharifa just talked about how she was at her seminary. I love Trey just brought that up and her social location and all the things that Sharifa brought to the table, like now expanding the view a little bit, like what do you guys think black women add to the church in general? That's something that I wrestle with and it makes me uncomfortable. There's a level of, I guess, guilt I carry because as somebody who works in the church, like ministry is is my my livelihood in parts, right? Um, and that's something that I could not do or claim or state faithfully were it not for, especially in my context, black women, um, because black women make up the majority of the black church. Um, yeah. I'm not as familiar with with statistics at large, but I know like by and large for the most part. Um, I think I think the numbers are slightly less skewed in, in white context and stuff, but especially in the black church, white women are there. You know, um, some churches have, uh, the church mother is an honored position and things of that nature, mm -hmm. which is dope and beautiful on one level, but at the same level, why have we created that position when there are already biblical prescriptions for leadership in the church? Like, why are we going to such great lengths to not honor the value that these women have given this institution based upon shaky practical theology, right? Like when it comes down it. to, yeah. Um, and, and and when we when we say that, like I, I carry a certain level of guilt because um, like sometimes in, in my more revolutionary days, I'm like, wait, why am I leading at all? Like, why shouldn't I be finding one of these women who, who helped build these institutions to, to support in that arena? Because, um, you know, like now, I guess in, in certain contexts, the, the whole debate is between complementarianism and egalitarianism, which is, yeah. by the way, that's, that's like, all right, it's our podcast. I can say this. That's, that's a white people war, right? Like, that's not something that we talk yeah. about straight um, up in, in, in the black church, but it's something we that don't. I need to look at um, <laughs> with regards to how we are seeking and affirming leaders um, because the way church leadership is set up based upon the demographics that we're serving, it almost looks kind of like oppression. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, for me, like when I think about what the gift that they bring, um, I kind of have an attitude around this topic, even though I, 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 I broached it. Um, <laughs> so I was sitting in a sermon um, two years ago and I was texting a friend, uh, shout out to you, Tamise. And 
and I'll give you the nice version of what I texted her. <laughs> and I said, uh, the nice version is uh, black women are better communicators than all other people. That is the nice version. Because I was sitting there listening to someone who their ethnic identity will remain nameless. And, um, but I was, as I was listening to this very boring sermon, lazy sermon, I was thinking of literally pretty much most of the time I'm in a sermon from black women, it hits. And I started to analyze why. And I started to think about the the very nature of, of of where black women sit in their social location means that they become fluent in every type of metaphor for every type of person yeah and so i think that makes them brilliant communicators in the pulpit i think that makes them effective friends um, because they understand um, energy, they understand warmth, they understand how to communicate and relate. And um, please don't mishear me in, 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 in thinking that Black women are perfect. I, I, I'm surrounded by Black women. Um, I have Black women all in my family. I don't mean perfect, <laughs> but they're incredible in these, in, mm-hmm. both personally and in the life of the church. And, um, and so... <clears throat> So by being at the bottom of the social ladder, even in America, means that they're, they almost have to learn everyone's love language, how mm-hmm. to communicate to all different kinds of people. Yeah. And um, even if they don't want to, mm-hmm. they know how to communicate and speak everyone's language, even when people don't uh, learn how to speak theirs. And so... Mm-hmm. It's almost sad to me. Um, mm-hmm. And so what gift, what do they bring to the church community? I, I think they can become all things to all men um, in such a beautiful way and sometimes a tragic way because they can do all these things while they themselves are not uh, built up and edified yep. and uh, which saddens me, <laughs> um, honestly. And so, um, so I think they're uniquely qualified to your point, Trey, to lead. Um, yeah. uh, it's it's weird to me that they don't lead all, uh, like they don't sit at the top of, of of the 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 pyramids because, yo, they their vision is clearer. They've been um, they've taken the time to learn other people's language. They've been harmed the most. So they know what oppression feels like. So it's rare that they want to dole it out to others. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I, I see it. Um, I see black women being uniquely qualified to lead. Um, and because they're not thirsty for power. Um, that's the other thing that I would add in there. So they can speak the language, they've been marginalized, so they're not actively trying to marginalize others. Yep. And um, yeah, so those, so those are a couple of ramblings. Um, thoughts, anybody else? <laughs> Sharifa, thoughts? Yeah. Well, I have Same. lots of thoughts. Yeah. 
so okay well I have lots of curiosities I should say like one um I was watching Lovecraft Country um earlier like last year I'm yeah. too scary for that show I can't watch that show it was, it was one episode I was like no it's just not for me it's, it's, I was like oh I'm too scary I still mm-hmm. haven't even tried yeah yeah so. I was like oh I'm too scary <laughs> fine <laughs> okay all of you um, no i'm gonna try it i just i, I, I mean i feel like better stuff has been on oh well that's not true um, <laughs> okay let's go let's go speak with authority let's go yeah, i like that i, I like I that absolutely know that that's not true and i like that i like the, that the only reason why is because number one i've i've watched the entire show number two it is a brilliant intersection of yeah. horror and reality the the reality is more horrific than the fanciful nature of the horror genre. Well, I'm a film student, so that I might like that then. The way they juxtapose like Jim Crow and horror is masterful. Okay. So see, I didn't know that aspect. So <gasps> yeah, I, I had no idea. So I, I, yeah, I, I'm gonna try it now. Sorry. How much are you say? Just. You know, I, 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 I'm always, I'm looking for us in the programs that I watch. I'm like looking yeah. for, for us and I'm looking for Black women. And I'm looking for Black women who are playing roles that demonstrate the complexity of what it is to be a Black woman and aren't just mm. like these like cardboard, I'm a manly, I'm a staff lotter. So, yeah. so Magical Lovecraft neighbors. Country. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yes, and so Lovecraft Country it was like um, the showrunner is a black woman, and it's show. Okay. So mm. one of one of the themes of it is there's a character who is just so frustrated with her lot as this dark skinned, beautiful, but like she she is not treated like she's beautiful, right? Mm. But she's this wonderful dynamic ambitious black woman who is never given a chance to shine and one of the things she said is she wants to know who she is uninterrupted Mm. and that is so profound to me the curiosity for me is you know part of the reason why you're able to talk rob about the languages that we speak and how we become fluent in um, other people's pain, other people's insecurities, other other people's um, strengths uh, is because of where we are and we are always interrupted. We just don't wanna extend that same interruption. Mm. So the interruption itself has shaped our compassion. I'm mm. very curious. <laughs> to know who we would be uninterrupted, you know, yeah. where, where wow. we would, what, what if all we had to work with was what God gave us, you know? So, um, and what would this society, world community church look like if that were the case? I also am curious about just the nature of leadership and how, you know, the, the conversations that I'm having in my circles are about the deficiencies of leadership in, in these systems as they are. Um, 
part of what I'm curious about is how we would dismantle them and what we would rebuild. Um, because a lot of the black women that I know of, and of course we are not a monolith, but a lot of the ones that I know of, mm, they love communal care, you know, communal uh, leadership. It's not the hierarchy that, um, that they desire. I mean, I know I don't, I, I would like the group to shine, mm. um, the group to move and grow together. So even the nature of leadership um, devoid of a colonialist um, yeah. structure, devoid of even a, a structure that is so intimately related to consumerism and um, capitalism, what would that look like? You know, would wow. it would it more mimic the early church? Yeah. Would it would it more mimic the descriptions of the body of Christ? Um, and so I think I think we're just we're constantly seduced as Americans to um, and and not even consciously, but we're constantly seduced to change players on the same broken system. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like this thing so is busted. It's busted. Yeah, and it's a system that's so anti-Christ. No. So <laughs> I feel like they ain't gonna like that one. <laughs> yeah, but I don't care. Hey, it is look, it is what it is, man. Keep yeah. it funky. Yeah. yeah. Right. right. Our listeners it, ha will. it has to be a, yeah. it has to be something. Like yeah. our faith has to be something. Absolutely. That... Say that again. He said, oh, absolutely. You said absolutely. Yeah, I said yeah. absolutely. But it has to be something that that whether I am here in the 21st century in America um as a black woman, or if I'm in the second century um in Asia Minor. Or if I'm in in the 15th century in Mali or um, in Ghana, that the faith is the it, the faith foundations are the same. Yeah. It does, so it doesn't matter if it's a capitalist system. It doesn't matter if it's a democracy, a democratic republic, or a, a monarchy. It doesn't it doesn't matter yeah. because the faith foundation is the same. So if it has to be. If it has to be capitalist, if it has to be consumeristic, if it has to be individualistic, if it has to be hierarchical, then 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 what is in submission to what? You know? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Let me ask Samuel. You've been you you've been stewing. What you got any thoughts, brother, brother Sam? Um. It, it, not, you know what? Sam's just, sitting there with his mom blown like me. Yeah, yeah. I'm sitting here. <laughs> I'm sitting here at the feet of Sister <laughs> Sharifa, like. Uh, so either a thoughts on what Sharifa saying or on what do you think black women can add in, in, in the life of the church? Okay, so I'm gonna tell you something. So I listen, so towards um, go, going back to the life of the church. So listening to what Trey and Rob, listen, listening to what y'all were saying um, and even Sharifa, I, I remember 
my early childhood experiences were mostly with either church mothers or women in the church. And so um, I, I don't think that it suffices to say that Black women are and have been glue or cement to the church. I think in sections that cement has become foundational. Um, it's been the rock. Um, it's been what's necessary to keep the communal aspects of, um, honestly, a lot of small town black churches yeah. and even larger, even larger organizations, even much larger churches, um, black women, you know, have been that, um, and, and I'm going to be honest, that's something that I, that I wouldn't have not, I wouldn't have acknowledged that um, six months ago, a year ago. I hear you. Um, but, and, and that's one of the things that I, I, that's one of the reasons why I really appreciate you, Rob, and you, Trey, because y'all have really sort of challenged me. But then even introducing me to somebody as dope as Sharifa, yeah. um, that we can sort of glean from, you know what I'm saying? On, on some of these, because like she's really opening my, my mind to a whole lot of things that I'd never thought about um, yeah. because I'm married to a black woman. And so some of these experiences, she's experienced herself, but I've never thought of how she's had to be forced to interact gracefully through some of those things. And some of those things while I've been married to her and maybe I didn't love her effectively Maybe I can love her better through those things. Um, mm. Maybe I can learn to understand and appreciate her more in certain areas now uh, and, and do what I can to make some things like, because, and, and I'm raising a black daughter. You know what I'm saying? So, so I, I listen and I take in, into consideration these things because I don't want to, um, I, want, I want to raise a daughter that can go into any space and st no matter how toxic or hostile it, hostile it is, that she doesn't lose herself. That she don't take that saying. head wrap off. Yeah. yeah. Wear your head wrap and we gonna That's support beautiful. you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I want to raise that, be you because when, and I wrote this down, our experiences are electives. Our entire lives, our experiences have been treated as electives. It's not even just in an in, in educational system. That's just how our experiences are treated throughout life. Yep. Yeah. And 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 it's caused us to devalue ourselves. I think that's I think that's 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 some that feeds some self hate. And yeah. I don't want I don't want to feed that into to my kids. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I don't if I recognize something like that within my wife. I, no 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 no. Let's 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 not let's get away from that. <laughs> right yeah let's recenter yes you know what i'm saying Be because i i don't know i look i'm 35 and i feel like there's some things i'm going to therapy for that could have been pre prevented to yeah. be honest you know what yeah. i'm saying I, I and that's and that just is what that is but you live and you learn you know what i'm yeah. saying and, and and i'm doing better i'm gonna continue to do better <laughs> so therapy I'm is so essential oh my yes. lord as I'm, as I'm sitting here processing and listening to some of the things that are being unlocked just by listening to you and and hearkening back to you um talking about your grandmother being such a a force in your formation and things of that nature i'm reminded of this concept of the griot right um the, the griot being the, the person that keeps the stories in like the west african uh, communities and things of that nature 
um, and how Christianity and and even the Hebrew faith at at at, uh, at its origins were oral traditions, right? <laughs> where where literacy wasn't the thing that it is today, and these things had to be passed down orally. And th that's why the scriptures always talk about remember, remember, remember. And it's always rehearsing the same things because they, mm -hmm. they're not reading this Bible that we are. Things are being passed down orally. And how when we forget those things, you lose a part of your identity. And as I think about that in my life and, and, and just hearing you and, and the role that your grandmother played and how just the, the phrases you're dropping just so naturally are like sitting and blowing my mind and everything. When we talk about what the black women have, what what do black women have to offer the church and, and, and society as a whole, I feel like black women have this capacity to be that griot of the society, like the storytellers of the society and, and keeping those things that some people been so busy trying to fit into that jacked up system you were just talking about that, that we've forgotten so many things. And even like contemporarily, right? Wow, yeah, um, I hear you. My, uh, when when I'm trying to trace family history, my, my wife likes to go back and, and rebuild family trees and everything. And she'll go to her father and he'll point it towards like, oh, go go call your Aunt Barbara and everything. And it's something that we like instinctively do. Like, oh, call call your auntie, call your grandma. And she'll tell you. Never heard nobody say, oh, call Uncle Jerry or, or, or call grandpa. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and it's unfair that we put that burden on black women to hold these stories. But as I listen to you talk, it becomes so clear why because I, I, I couldn't share these truths in the way that you're doing them. Because we now have a Patreon, which Patreon. I want to encourage each and every one of y'all to, to visit at uh, patreon.com slash three black men. Uh, think through it, pray through it, ask God <laughs> if, if he would have you partake in this work that we're doing because on top of some bonus content here we have uh, some blog pieces going up there's going to be some devotional content coming out and I want to encourage you guys um, to visit that Patreon patreon.com slash three black men go watch and, um, my kids ruin my videos go ahead watch, watch them, <laughs> them them babies ain't ruin nothing man matter of fact there's, there's more people going to sign up to, to see them babies how about that bro <laughs>